0: Church. If you got your devices, if you got your Bibles, I need you to go to Matthew chapter 18. What we're going to look at in Matthew chapter 18 is a parable, it's a story. And one of the followers of Christ, Peter, he was dealing with this thought of forgiveness. So he approaches Jesus and he said, Lord, how many, how many times should I forgive? Seven. Seven. And Jesus says, 70 times 7. And he says, "The, the kingdom of heaven is like this. And Jesus goes on and tells the story of a king who is seeking to collect all the debt from his servants. He's rounding up all the money that's owed to him. And one servant approaches the king and he says, What you owe me is in the millions. So for you to repay your debt, I'm going to sell you, I'm going to sell your family and I'm going to receive the money for it. And that servant who owed the debt in the million says, oh, please, Lord, or please, king, uh, don't do that to me and my family. And he, and he begged the king, spare me. So the king looked at the servant who owed a lot with mercy, and he says, okay, your, your outstanding debt has been forgiven. So this particular servant, he He leaves the palace. He goes outside to one of his servants that owes him money just a mere thousand dollars or so. And, And he says, I need you to repay that money to me immediately. And that servant says, well, give me a little time. I can't repay it immediately. And he says, that's not good enough. So he throws this man into prison. I want you to go to verse 31 of Matthew chapter 18. We'll pick up. Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. Jesus says, that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. It's important for us, church, to review this parable, to review this story this morning along our journey. This is a parable that illustrates forgiveness. And it's safe to say in a room like this that the majority of the people in here, if not everyone in here, has been faced with the opportunity to forgive someone who has wronged you. And if by some happenstance you have not been afforded that opportunity, you will Because we know we live in a fallen world, and sin is evil, and sin is vile, and sin hurts, and sin destroys. And if we are going to be a part of this earth where sin is present, then forgiveness has to be present. Amen? So forgiveness, a part of our journey, is is a real thing. We are going to have to deal with forgiveness. Forgiveness. Does anybody in this room find forgiveness difficult? I want you to raise your hand. See, you're in good company this morning. We've all been wronged, and we all have to deal with this aspect of forgiveness this morning. We have to understand that we as children of God must forgive. But we're told often in church, in Bible study, in small group, if somebody wrongs us, you need to forgive as Christ forgave. You need to forgive as Christ forgave. You ever heard that? But have you ever wondered, okay, I understand what God did for me, but how do do I forgive as Christ forgave? How, How do I do that? Well, this morning we need to define what forgiveness is and what forgiveness isn't just a moment, we're going to show a video. But as you know, I lived in Texas, and Texas is all about the state of Texas. And if anything happens in the state of Texas, it's all over the news. It's all over social media. And about a year and a half ago, a video started to circulate about a young, a young girl. She was in her teens. Her father was a police officer, and he was killed. He was murdered in the line of duty outside of Dallas. And what you're about to watch is what she says at his memorial service. So play the video, if you will.
1: I remember having conversations with my dad about him losing friends and officers in the line of duty. I have heard all the stories you can think of, but I've always had such a hard time with how the suspect is dealt with. Not that I didn't think there should be justice served, but my heart always ached for those who don't know Jesus. Their actions being a reflection of that. I was always told that I would feel differently if it happened to me. But as it's happened to my own father, I think I still feel the same. There has been anger, sadness, grief, and confusion. And part of me wishes I could despise the man who did this to my father. But I can't get any any part of my heart to hate him. All that I can find is myself hoping and praying for this man to truly know Jesus. I thought this might change if the man continued to live. But when I heard the news that he was in stable condition, part of me was relieved. My prayer is that someday down the road, I'd get to spend some time with the man who shot my father, not to scream at him, not to yell at him, not to scold him, simply to tell him about Jesus
0: believe what you watched in that moment in that very real raw video is a true example of forgiveness she harbored no hate in her heart no bitterness for the man that took her father's life she just wanted him to know Jesus now you might be thinking wow Luke I mean you you jumped to a real extreme there but I learned a long time ago not to assume anything, that that scenario right there may very well be something very similar in your life. But re- regardless of the scenario, regardless of how that person wronged you, whether it may seem minor or extreme, if you're honest with yourself, their transgression towards you, it, it hurt you, and forgiveness must be offered. So I thought, wow, let's just just watch forgiveness take place. But I also want to read a definition for you. This is from Vanitha Reisner. She's a contributing author to Desiring God articles. This is how she describes forgiveness. She says, forgiveness means refusing to retaliate or hold bitterness against people for the ways they have Wounded us. This refusal to retaliate, this refusal to hold bitterness and hate in our hearts towards someone who has wronged us. That's how she describes forgiveness. Now, I don't know what you're thinking. Well, that, that sounds simple enough, but it's difficult. We're going to get to it in just a moment why that is so difficult. But this is a clear definition of how we are supposed to forgive one another. It's releasing that bitterness. But I also feel compelled this morning to share with you that forgiveness is completely one-sided. It's not dependent on that other person. At all. Forgiveness lies with you, the one who's been wounded, the one who's been offended. You can forgive regardless of what that other person does or does not do, regardless if that person asks for forgiveness. You can offer it up, and God wants you to, regardless of that other person. So it's very much unilateral, unconditional, one sided, your forgiveness. But I also feel like we need to talk about this morning what forgiveness is not. We know that forgiveness is releasing that bitterness, right? Refusing to hold that against that person. But forgiveness is not dismissing that person's sin. Forgiveness is not just pretending like it didn't happen. Forgiveness does does not say, right, the sin doesn't matter. And here's, I think, the most important for us to take away this morning when, when we talk about what forgiveness isn't. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean there will be reconciliation or restoration. What do you mean? Wow, that sounds counterproductive, right? If forgiveness is truly one-sided, you offer that up in spite of whatever that person's going to do, then we know that if we're going to reconcile or restore that relationship, they have to do something as well. So these are two different concepts. Forgiveness is all about how you handle it. Any parents in the room come home, the kid's upset, you're like, you can't control what other people do, you can only control what you do. Any parents in the room, right? I feel like we have that conversation all the time. You can't control what they do, you can only control what you do, and that is what forgiveness is. You have the opportunity to forgive. And what we need to understand is that broken relationship may not always be restored, may not always be reconciled. Now that's what we hope for, and that's what we understand. God has the power to do. But when forgiveness is extended, realize that that relationship may never be restored. Restoration is dependent on them as well. Forgiveness is all about what you do. So it's crucial that we understand that this morning. Forgiveness is simply refusing to let their sin control you any longer. Now, we understand that this Is so simple. It's so simple to define, but why is it so difficult to actually do? We all raised our hand that we all struggle to forgive. Why is forgiveness so difficult? Why is it so hard to forgive somebody? If you're a note taker, if you're somebody that loves to write things down, I want you to write this down. It's very difficult to forgive because forgiveness is spiritual warfare. And we need to understand that this morning. There, there are two opposing forces uh, coming after your soul, coming after your mind every single day. And the reason it's so difficult to let things go, to, to let forgiveness take place is because Satan does not want you to forgive. Let's look at Second Corinthians chapter 2: 10 through 11. Paul says, "When you forgive this man, I forgive him too." And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit. So that Satan will not outsmart us. For we are familiar with his evil schemes. Did you catch that, church? Church. The, the brief synopsis of what's happening here is a false teacher crept into the church. He says bad things about Paul. He's trying to lead the church astray. Paul comes in on the scene. He starts to get things corrected, and he says, I, 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 don't, I don't hold it against him. I, I've forgiven this man, so you need to forgive him as well. And then he says this profound statement at the end. He says, we forgive so that we're not outsmarted by Satan. Because unforgiveness is a scheme of Satan to derail you. To get you off track. And we need to understand that he hates forgiveness so much because forgiveness is what defeated Satan in the first place. The cross of Jesus Christ, when Jesus put himself up on the cross and he died for the forgiveness of sins, Satan was defeated, sin was destroyed. And when somebody sins against you and you harbor unforgiveness, Satan wins. He loves for you to hold unforgiveness. He starts to win that battle of your mind and your heart. That's why offering forgiveness is so difficult. Satan does not want you to. And here's how this may look in your life. Maybe when you harbor your unforgiveness, you feel empowered over the one who wronged you. That's the scheme of Satan. Satan. Maybe you withhold forgiveness because you feel like your unforgiveness is somehow punishing that person. Ever been there? That's a scheme of Satan. Maybe you harbor unforgiveness because your unforgiveness makes you feel better. You ever been there? That's a trick of Satan. Whatever mindset that you are in that's keeping you in unforgiveness, you need to understand that that's a scheme of Satan to keep you there. And he's winning. Scripture tells us to forgive. Christ says to forgive. Satan wants you to remain in your unforgiveness. That's why it is so difficult for us to forgive. John Piper writes this about forgiveness. He says maybe the most effective way to wage spiritual warfare today would be for us to more quickly and freely forgive. When we forgive we push back the darkness of sin and its effects. When we forgive someone of how they wronged us, Satan cringes. He hates it. That's why you and I, we struggle along our journey to forgive because Satan is after you and he wants to keep you there. He wants to keep you in your unforgiveness and because he wants to keep you in your unforgiveness, we've got to look at some of the dangerous effects of unforgiveness this morning. Some of of the consequences, some of the things that happen to us if we stay in our state of unforgiveness. So the dangers of unforgiveness, I think the first thing is that it affects us spiritually. It it affects us spiritually. We're going to look at the last part of what we uh, read this morning in Matthew chapter 18, verse 35. He says, that's what my heavenly Father will do to you, If you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. If you remember the story, the man gets thrown back into prison until his debt has been paid. The point of that story is his debt will never be paid. So he is forever separated. That's the result of your sin and unforgiveness. You will forever be separated. Jesus says, if you don't forgive, God won't forgive. Look at Matthew chapter 6, 14 and 15. He repeats the same thing. He says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. What is Christ referring to in these passages? For many Christians, this can throw you for a loop. Because you're asking yourselves, wow, if I've got unforgiveness in my heart, does that mean that I'm going to be separated from God, that, 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 that somehow I'm going to go to hell? I thought Jesus saved me and I'm going to be in heaven. Well, these, these require a little bit of some teaching, some understanding about what Jesus is referring to in this moment. But maybe if you're processing that for the first time, wow, I've got unforgiveness in my heart, maybe I'm going to be separated from God, maybe so. That's what Jesus says. What is he really talking about here? And I want you to understand this, that there is a profound difference in wrestling with forgiving someone and an outright refusal to forgive someone. Did y'all catch that? There's a difference. There's a big difference. One of those is for your sanctification, and one of those is damning. When you understand in your heart that I need to forgive because Christ has forgiven me, You are processing and wrestling with forgiveness. But if someone has wronged you and you've dug your heels in and you're saying, I will never forgive them. That's what Jesus is talking about here. And that's incredibly dangerous. What Jesus is saying is if you do not understand what I did for you on the cross, how I have forgiven your many sins, that you won't forgive someone else, You don't know what I've done for you. You don't understand forgiveness. You don't understand salvation. And if you're in that camp, if you are the character in the parable, you need to take a hard look at your life and realize, do do I really understand forgiveness? If I, in my mind, can grit my teeth and say, I will never forgive them, Jesus says you've never experienced forgiveness. So absolutely can affect you spiritually. Not understanding forgiveness can cause separation between you and the Lord forever. But what happens if we're in this camp? Because I feel like that's where the majority of us are. What happens if we are believers in Christ? We understand forgiveness. We know what Jesus did, but I wrestle with it. I wrestle with forgiveness. There is a dangerous aspect to staying in unforgiveness too long. So I believe it can affect us spiritually, and I also believe that it can affect us physically. This is a really cool part here. Pastor, author, church planner Charles Stone, he's a, uh, he's a neuro guy. He loves the Lord, and he's one of those guys that have a whole lot of degrees. You know anybody like that? Certainly not me, okay? He's one of those guys that's obsessed with school, and one of the last degrees that he got was from a place, I think it's called the Neurological Leadership Institute, where he loves the Word of God, he loves the study of the mind and the body, and he brings the two together, because the God that wrote the Bible is the God that designed you, and he was everything about you, and how your spiritual life affects you physically. And this is what he writes about how unforgiveness can, and it's crucial that we understand that, how it can affect you physically these are some things that he writes about how unresolved forgiveness wreaks havoc on our minds and our bodies the first one is called rumination it's when we nurse and rehearse the hurt which reinforces our negative emotions and burns the event and pain even deeper into our neuropathways the next thing that he described is diminished memory He says when we remain stressed for long periods of time, i.e. we refuse to forgive, cortisol actually causes our brain to atrophy, especially our memory center. The next one is amplified negative emotions, the negative Nancy syndrome. Sorry if your name is Nancy, I'm sure you're not negative, but you ever been around the person that's always in the negative spiral? This is what he's talking about. Prolonged stress also amplifies our amygdala's sensitivity, making us more susceptible to further hurt and pain. The last one, Schadenfreude, are you impressed that I said that right? I am. <laughs> Says this concept describes the secret pleasure we feel when we see those who have hurt us experience misfortune themselves. It actually causes our brain to produce the pleasure neurotransmitter dopamine. It actually feels good to see bad things happen to those who have hurt us. Now you may be thinking, wow, that's, that's neat how all this ties into our brain, but there's really nothing neat about what we just described and about how unforgiveness can really affect you from the inside out. It's important for us to realize how this unforgiveness can destroy our lives. Not only can it affect us spiritually, it can rob our joy in Jesus, but it can affect you mentally and physically as well. In Psalms, David has just committed murder and adultery and he writes in the Word of God that my bones hurt. The devastating effects of sin, whether it's your own sin or somebody's sin against you, it hurts. It can hurt physically. So what this guy is saying is we cannot stay in this state of unforgiveness because it will destroy you. You've got to do something about it. This morning we've looked at forgiveness. We've defined it. Why is it so difficult? It's spiritual warfare and how it can affect us physically and spiritually. How do I do this? How do I forgive someone? I know I need to. What does that look like? I want to give you four steps this morning on on the steps towards forgiveness. How you this morning can leave here with an action plan on how to forgive that person in your life. The first thing that I want you to see is that you need to recognize the pain. This Name the pain, so to speak. I don't know if you're the journaling kind, but you need to write it down. You need to air it out. You need to bring it before the Lord. You you need to recognize that what this person has done to you deeply, deeply hurt you and scarred you. And if so, with this first one, maybe you need to seek counseling for it. You, you need to talk to a professional and air it out and say, this is what happened to me. This is how it has affected me, and i got to start doing something about it. The, uh, the next thing is that you need to draw from God's deep well of grace. Now, the first one was we, we recognize the pain, but we don't need to dwell in the pain. We need to dwell on how good God is. And maybe this has held you captive for too long and you need to lean into the grace of God. You need to understand that he loves you and that he is for you. And as the word of God says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Let it go, lean on my grace. I've got you. Lean on the grace of God in your season of hurt and unforgiveness. The third thing is that we need to focus on God's plan for our life. You see, this one, when we are focused on what God wants out of us, we wake up every morning in the midst of our pain and our hurt, and we focus on what God wants out of us, we stop focusing on what that person did to us. But the opposite is true. is all we do is focus on how they hurt us. We're never focused on what God wants out of us. And we stay in that cycle of pain and hurt. Focus on what God wants out of you. This last one. Begin to choose Forgiveness. It's worded in a special way. That perhaps you start your journey of forgiveness today. The reason it's worded, begin to choose, because I understand this very, very much. That the deeper the hurt, the longer the process may take. Amen? And because we've recognized this morning that that process may take a very long time, you need to start somewhere. And today is the day that you start to choose to forgive that person. That you make up your mind that I'm not going to let them have control over me anymore. That God is good. I'm going to serve him. I'm not going to worry about that person anymore. I'm going to refuse to be bitter. I'm going to refuse the the desire to retaliate. I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to pursue the Lord. But this last one, this choose to forgive, may look different for everybody in this room. Because some offenses may be small. And some offenses may be grievous. But we have to start somewhere. We know that if we stay in this state of unforgiveness, it will destroy us from the inside out. Let me pray for you this morning, church. God we love you thank you so much for your word thank you for your word and how it addresses the difficult aspects of our life how your word teaches us and shows us that if we are going to pursue Jesus we must forgive we must forgive as Christ forgave But God, all that goes with saying that the hurt that we feel this morning is very real. And we are begging you to be near to us as we start this journey of forgiveness. Don't allow Satan to win the war of unforgiveness in our heart. Help us to trust you, to lean on you. recognize you are bigger than sin you are bigger than pain you are bigger than hurt and that our joy is found in you help us Lord to forgive thank you for the ultimate display of forgiveness on the cross of Jesus Christ it's in him we have hope we ask everything in his precious and holy name